Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borks from Quito, and today we're looking at the intersection of investment strategy and ESG matters. My guest is Bradford Stosa, Senior Managing Director and Global Industry Analyst at Wellington Management. Wellington is a private independent investment management firm with client assets under management totaling over $1 trillion. Bradford, thank you for joining The REIT Report. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. Now, Wellington has been incorporating ESG analysis into its investment process for REITs and listed real estate for many years now. Have you shifted or adapted your methodology in that time? We view ESG as an evolutionary part of our investment process, both because we're still in the early days of its broad industry adoption, but also because of shifts in data quality and availability. In recent years, we have made some adaptations to our methodology. In fact, this year, our global property products committed to meet Article 8 guidelines of the European Union's Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, or SFDR, whereby products will promote at least one environmental or social characteristic. Specifically, our funds will invest at least 75% of their portfolio, excluding cash, in companies that we rate one to three for environmental practices versus industry peers on a scale of one to five, where one is the highest rating. Now, these ratings are based on Wellington Management's proprietary ratings framework using quantitative ratings sourced from third-party providers. While our U.S. and international products haven't explicitly committed to SFDR yet, we are effectively managing them as such. Another recent adoption in our ESG analysis is that we have included climate risk in our environmental scoring of REITs. And that leads into my second question of, can you describe how Wellington's paying particularly close attention to climate risk? Sure. Real estate are long-duration assets with the majority of value tied to terminal values. With this in mind, we believe it is important to understand the potential tail risks that can alter longer-term values. One way we seek to accomplish this is through a thorough analysis of a property company's holdings and the potential risks to the portfolios from climate change. Wellington has a proprietary relationship with the Woodwell Institute for Climate Research, in conjunction with whom we have created a mapping tool called CIRA that we use to measure the exposure of a REIT portfolio across a series of climate factors, including flood, hurricane, water scarcity, wildfire, and seismic. Then overlay this data with an analysis of local municipalities' fiscal health, demographic trends, and insurance market pricing to evaluate how tenant demand may change in the future as a result of these factors. But ultimately, our climate model seeks to understand to what degree climate risk is priced into individual security stock prices. Now, what changes have you seen in terms of the supply of ESG data and company transparency among REITs? And is more work needed, perhaps, on that front? Well, industry data continues to improve both in quality and quantity. It is markedly better than even just a few years ago. However, more work is definitely still needed. We are starting to see a proliferation of data providers. And while more ESG data is a positive, Quality and standardization are important, allowing for effective comparisons between corporates. The biggest challenge today on the data front is the lack of standardization. Corporates largely self-report, meaning transparency is often lacking. Data providers measure ESG differently and often are not clear in terms of the specific subcategories of E, S, and G and how they are measured. The risk is that investors end up with very different impressions of a corporate's ESG based on the data they source. And while the analysis of investing has always been somewhat subjective, 
some consistent level of data is necessary for effective measurement. The good news is that as investors demand better information and transparency, corporates and data providers are responding. And in your ESG discussions with both companies and investors, are there particular questions or concerns that come up more frequently than others? Governance has always taken center stage in ESG, particularly for REITs, which are not self-funding businesses and hence are dependent on the capital markets for growth. Consequently, executive compensation and board oversight are regular topics of discussion and have been so again this proxy season. In recent years, boards and employee diversity has also become more frequent discussion points. But if governance was the hot topic a decade ago, environmental has taken more airtime recently with sustainability being a particular focus. We expect this to continue. But just as environmental has been the focus in recent years, we expect social to gather equal focus over the next decade as investors become as focused on outcomes as returns. So would you say that the pandemic has changed how Wellington assesses corporate commitment to ESG? The pandemic hasn't really changed how we assess corporate overall commitment to ESG. On the margin, we are spending a bit more time evaluating social considerations, such as how corporates treat their customers and employees. To a certain degree, COVID has shed some light on corporates' social policies, but generally speaking, social is less of a factor for REITs versus other GICs sectors, as most REITs don't have large employee or direct customer bases. But aside from a bit more time on social, the pandemic has not materially changed how we assess environmental or governance considerations. And do you see U.S. companies closing the ESG gap with their European counterparts? Yes. As U.S. clients and investors increasingly focus on ESG, U.S. corporate are spending more time on the topic. Disclosed data and best practices are improving, particularly in environmental and social considerations, but they still lag European peers. U.S. re corporate governance has generally been good and on par with European peers for some time. However, if anything, we have seen another surge in environmental and sustainability in Europe as a topic garners more focus by governments, investors, and corporates. In some cases, sustainability is taking a front seat to immediate economic considerations, such as rents or development returns for certain European entities. And this is largely different than in the U.S., where for the most part, ESG is still more of a sufficiency versus a necessity, although that is also changing. I might add, Asia-Pacific and emerging markets continue to lag other regions, but even there, we are starting to slowly see improvements, albeit episodic. And this is obviously a big area of interest. So are there any other issues that we haven't covered? And the one area we haven't discussed is engagement, which is a critical component to our ESG process. And we seek to engage with the companies in which we invest across all ESG topics to improve outcomes for our clients. Great. Bradford, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. And to hear more from Bradford and other panelists on the challenges and opportunities for REITs regarding ESG issues, be sure to register for a June 2nd webinar hosted by Bloomberg Intelligence and NAIREIT. Details can be found on the NAIREIT website, REIT.com.